Thanksgiving approaches this Thursday, and we get ready to roll in to a brand new holiday season, getting ready to roll into a brand new year. Now, that doesn't mean that this edition of the Fritzcast is going to be all mushy-gushy holiday-y just yet, but it's important to start getting in the spirit, I believe anyway, because I definitely need a break from some of the insane politics going on. So, with that being said, this is going to be a jam-packed Tuesday edition of the Fritzcast, so get ready and tighten your seatbelts. This is Fritzcast. Playing us in, that is, uh, that is Deck the Halls, obviously, by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. I always go to this website when it comes to the holiday season because he, he has these beautifully produced pieces, like this one. This is a very just beautiful piano piece of a hymn. Well, not not even a hymn. I don't know why. Why did I deck the halls as a hymn? Yes, it's a hymn. No, uh, like basic piano arrangement. Love it. I don't know if you ever heard of like the piano guys, which is funny. They're called the piano guys. There's one piano guy. <laughs> there's a cello guy. There's a violinist. There's you know, they're a little small group, but they do these instrumental pieces. Of like famous songs, you know, they'll they'll do covers of famous, you know, released today songs, but they'll also go back and do classics like I love their Christmas album. Their version of Good King Wenceslas was probably the first time I really ever listened to Good King Wenceslas and actually fell in love with that tune. I love that song at Christmas time. I probably whore the hell out of it. And I have several different um I have several different versions of it that range from very somber piano pieces to joy, joyous, boisterous, triumphant, you know, full-on orchestra, all across the board for it. But I like finding this guy, Kevin MacLeod, and Incompetech.com um, for a little royalty-free music because I'm a cheap bum right now. Uh, you know, it's Tuesday, November 20th, 2018, and, and this Thursday is Thanksgiving. This this kind of snuck up on me. I don't know what this year, out of all the years, this year seems to be going by at breakneck speed. <laughs> I mean, breakneck speed. It, it seems like just the other day I was talking about how it was 2018, and now we're gearing up and getting ready to be 2019. Like that that's gonna happen in a short month and some change. We're gonna be looking and trotting into two thousand and nineteen. And it's crazy because not thirty years ago was I born on this very earth and it's just about to hit the thirty year mark for me. And that's a little nuts. That's just a little crazy because 
I, I swear to God, just yesterday I was in high school goofing off and playing God of War 2 on PlayStation 2. I, I swear to God that was yesterday. But here I am, married with a podcast, working a full-time job, staring down the barrel for 2019. It's crazy. Absolutely nuts. And uh, sometimes... It's weird because sometimes a week will, will really take a long time to get through. You can really grind through a week and you can just be like, oh, finally, it's Friday. Finally, I'm at the weekend. Finally, finally, finally. You can go through all that tough grind of a week and think it was longer than hell. And yet you can look at the whole year and go, what happened? What happened? This was supposed to be the year. You know, and that we're we're about to do it again. This is that's the definition of insanity. We're about to do it again. We're gonna hit 2019. You're gonna hear a bunch of people say this year is gonna be different. This year is gonna be the year. And they always say that this is gonna be the year, but it doesn't make any sense. Nobody knows what you mean by that, and it's definitely not gonna be the year. Not to be a negative Nancy, but it's not gonna be the year. It's just like last year. But you know, Thanksgiving weekend. But you know, before let me let me backtrack a minute. Before I get into Thanksgiving week, you know, last week, into this week, uh, I I skipped a Fritz cast last week. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. You're still alive. Calm. Knock it off. Calm down. You're still alive. I know it must have been terrible to not hear me talk about something going on in the world for a week. Must have been the worst thing. In some people's lives, I can't. You know, I can't even bullshit. I'm not. I don't think that highly of myself, and I don't think you do either. Just saying it. But uh, you know, things happen. Things pop up that you didn't expect to happen, and you have to finagle your schedule and your plans and all that. So, uh, essentially, what happened? If you know my my legacy of redoing the flooring in my house. If you don't know that, let me catch you up to speed real quick. It's going to be quick fire, right? I live in a rancher. I have three bedrooms. I have a living room. I have a dining room. I have a kitchen. I have a bathroom. That's my house layout, okay? There's not really a hallway. It's like bedroom, 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 and a square, you know, a a square little hallway that's not even a hallway, all right? That's my setup. This room that I'm sitting in, my office, is done. The flooring in here is done. I might have to go back and recut some of the boards around where my doors are. But other than that, not really. Um, This room's done. Did this room entirely by ourselves. That was a project. There was a lot of learning. But it, it was what it was. Went into the next room, tore it up, discovered that there was a leak coming from the pipe that came into the house. $500 later and thankfully homeowners insurance covering most of that issue and having the floor ripped out, having a lot of the dirty work in the floor ripped out for me, I had to rip out the subfloor in that room and then get down the new subfloor and we were using my wife's uncle for that as well. Um, No other way to describe it other than a painfully long amount of time before that got done. But the the thing is now, 
there's a floor in there. I've sprayed great stuff, uh, foam seal around all the cracks and stuff. I have to go in and cut it. But I can start laying down the new floor in that room. And then that room will be done. But that, I was supposed to do that on Friday and supposed to record the podcast on Saturday. Well, the flooring got bumped to Saturday. Friday was time with my wife. Saturday, after I was done the flooring, I was still pretty booked up. Um, I had an appointment with my tattoo artist. Uh, not going to dive into that right now. I, it ended up getting sucked up. And I was out of time. I didn't want to rush a podcast. I didn't want to be cheap. So I said, you know, yeah, take a break for a week. And sometimes you have to take a break for a week. Because the political landscape in America right now, and the way the news cycle works, is insanity. You will lose your mind. I don't know how anybody is in the business right now. I guess the only reason, I guess the only way you could be in the business right now is the fact that you must be rolling in the dough. Because of all the crap that you can stay on top of 24-7. But a normal man like me, you immerse me in that and I will go insane. And the sad bit about that is that I work in a prison, so I'm already a good to fair amount insane already. So there's an insanity overload point in there somewhere that, you know, I get a little fed up with it. So I take a break. On top of all that, my wife has been sick with the itis. I don't know what, but she's been sick for the past couple of days. So, there's that on top of all that. I'm waiting to... I'm just waiting to be able to go to the Franklin Institute and see this Vikings exhibit. Alright? There's been this Vikings exhibit that we renewed our Franklin Institute memberships for. And we have yet to actually go. Could we go this Friday? Sure. But then it's Black Friday. Do I want to try to traverse traffic into Philadelphia... On a Black Friday to go to a museum that might actually be overloaded. I don't know. So, I don't know what's going on this weekend. All I know is that Thursday is the big stuff yourself Thanksgiving best time of year meal. That's what I know. And I don't do, I don't do the false Thanksgiving holiday thing where people go... Yes, this is when the pilgrims and the Indians sat down together and had a glorious feast. No. <laughs> no, it's modern day Thanksgiving. The entire world pretty much goes and travels around and sits with family and eats lots of freaking food everywhere. Everywhere. They pretty much do on Thanksgiving what we here in America do every day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not trying to fat shame or make jokes or poke fun at people. I'm not. Uh, but Thanksgiving literally is like, let's cook a turkey, let's cook stuffing, let's cook cranberry sauce. Well, you don't really cook cranberry sauce. You just kind of open a can, right? It's the best type of cranberry sauce there is anyway. Bust out the cranberry sauce, the rolls, the buttered rolls, the pumpkin pie. Like, bring it all on. And if you're smart, what you do is you uh, take all the leftovers because there's always leftovers. There's leftovers for like a week or better. And what you do is you take all those leftovers, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, the turkey, the rolls, 
and you make yourself a bobby. And if you don't know what a bobby is, then I'm sorry that you haven't been living. Because bobby, a bobby is a Thanksgiving sub. That's what it is. It's uh, a roll, stuffing, turkey, cranberry sauce, mayo, smacked on a roll. It's freaking delicious. If you've never had it before, what is it? Here in Delaware, it's Capriati's. It's a Capriati special. I'm not sure you can get it all across America. I don't know. All I know is that I'm damn lucky that I've been able to enjoy it. And that it inspired me for Thanksgiving leftovers. So there's that. <laughs> but Thanksgiving, really, I mean, it's not just about the food. It's more about the fact that it's a the, the gathering of the family. And really, I've always taken the opportunity when Thanksgiving rolls around and to qualify this, just look up past past podcast episodes of mine because I think it'll prove the point. Thanksgiving is a good time to actually reflect and think about things that you're thankful for. You know, instead of sitting around and complaining about every little single aspect of your life, to actually think about what you're blessed to have what you're extremely thankful to have and and to exercise that to be thankful for it to express it as much as i hate to say this cuz dave's probably listening out there somewhere perhaps if not dave then ann is listening but my brother-in-law dave started that at our thanksgiving table he would he would sit down and he would make us all go around the table and say something that we're thankful for everybody and you know, yeah, I would say something jokingly sometimes, but honestly, you would sit there, like my family, we're dark humorists, we come up with the worst jokes, okay, we laugh at each other's funerals, that's what we do, um, that's just how we get through life, we, we would come up with something, you know, funny to poke fun at Dave for coming up with the idea, but then we would honestly, we would sit there and we'd be like, no, but you know what? I am thankful for, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you'd express it and you'd express why and it'd be cool and you'd move on to the next person and you'd see what people were thankful for. What they felt like was a blessing in their life. What they were appreciative of. And mind you, those are all things that I think we as individuals don't do enough that people in the United States don't do enough. I really don't think... It seems to me that if you watch the news, if you get on social media, if you see what people are talking about, it really does just seem like it's a crap fest. It seems like people want to find the most negative aspects of their lives, shine the light on those negative aspects, talk about how that's ruining things, and they don't really sit back and think about how blessed they are. I really don't. And I think that's important. I really do think that's important, especially if you are ignoring or glossing over all that you should be thankful for. I mean, that's not to say that you can't find things that are wrong or bring up things that are wrong. But I'm saying, how often do you actually sit down and write out a list of things that like, you really need to be grateful for? And I'm talking like the basics. For me, it starts like this. Number one, did I wake up this morning? Yes, I did. Okay. Am I breathing? Yes, I am. I am. 
so I'm alive. There's three things right there every morning that I'm grateful for, even when I wake up and feel like crap. Like, my wife would probably argue right now if we talked to her. She'd probably argue that she'd be, you know, she wish she didn't wake up today. But, you know, that is what it is. Did you wake up? Are you breathing? And are you alive? That's a pretty good start to the day. All right? Do you have to worry about bombs being dropped around you? If you're in America, um, I'm going to say that the thought probably doesn't cross your mind. Okay, that's not to say that there's not people living in cities or other areas where there's high crime and, and crap going on and gang warfare and things like that. But I'm talking about, like, we're not like the people in Yemen waking up to, you know, are the Saudis going to bomb us today? I don't really think we're at that level here in America. All right? And there's other places in the world, too, mind you, where I think people aren't waking up wondering if the bombs are going to fall. That's something, A, to be thankful for, but it's, B, also concerning and needs to be brought up because could it be, I don't know, American money that's funding another nation that's doing it, and does that make us just as guilty? Those are things that we need to talk about. Those are things that we shouldn't want to be a part of if you know what I mean the past couple weeks have been a little bit crazy on the news front um first off like Eric, like comments from Eric Stallwell for example uh, uh Eric Stallwell is a represent a democratic representative right and um what on Twitter This is, this is, I love this stuff. Um, Joe Biggs was tweeting out, because Eric Stallwell said something about Second Amendment supporters, and he said, you know, mind you, the government has the nukes. Which, okay, Stallwell was probably, or Swalwell, Swallow? I thought it was Stallwell. I guess it's Swalwell. That's what it is, because fucking people on Twitter don't know how to figure out who the hell said what. All right. Eric Swalwell said something along the lines of, the government has the nukes, my friend, so. Which was just, it's a dumb, stupid, like, fear me, I have the power. Like, shut up, get out of here. He said something stupid along those lines. Joe Biggs said, <laughs> tweeted out, so basically, Rep Swalwell wants a war. Because that's what you would get. You're out of your effing mind if you think I'll give up my rights and give the government all the power. What was Rep. Eric Swalwell's answer to that tweet? Quote, And it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes. Too many of them. But they're legit. I'm sure if we talked, we would find common ground to protect our families and communities. Finding common ground to talk about uh, protecting our families and our communities typically doesn't start with and it would be a short war my friend we have the nukes be pretty dumb we were talking about back in 2016 about Donald Trump talking about the nuclear triad which he had no idea what the nuclear triad was and we were talking about I remember having a discussion with people 
I don't know. Would you want Trump to have his hands on the nuclear codes if he's a hothead? I wouldn't want a hothead with with uh, the power of, of launching a nuke, which is also part of the reason why I think we need to relook at the structure of who gets to decide when a nuke's getting fired off. Uh, because if we're firing off a nuke, we're talking about devastation uh, on a world-scale level and the loss of millions of lives. Something that, you know, for the most part, probably shouldn't be joked about. Um, like, I wasn't uh, I wasn't fond of Ted Cruz, for example, during the debates when he was talking about, let's test the, uh, let's test the waters and see if the sand will glow. Okay. How about not? How about we don't? So Swalwell said stupid comment like that. People have been riding him relentlessly, and he's like, it was a joke. You know, yeah, I know. Dead baby jokes are great, too. I guess they're funny, right? I don't know. It was just dumb. It's dumb. It's not thinking... What it's not thinking about what you're saying, but it's become a popular thing in politics now because of a certain somebody, the president of the United States, maybe. Uh, it yeah, everybody likes people spouting at the bit and not thinking about what they're saying, and it's dumb. It's really dumb that this is where we've come to, that this is where we're at when we're talking about a Democratic senator talking about. He just said he would nuke the entirety of the world if they didn't give up their guns. And we call that tolerance? Like, no, shut up. Like, stop it. Stop it. Mind you, a comment like that kind of does prove the point of why you need a Second Amendment to be able to resist your government. Because we have the nukes, my friend. I mean, think about it. It's kind of eerie. It was kind of like an Emperor Palpatine moment from Star Wars, wasn't it? Where he was like, Now be prepared to experience the full power of this fully operational battle station. Like, get out of here, man. Get, get, get a little sanity. Why don't you? But again, it's thinking things through. Thinking about what you're saying. And, you know, another thing that popped up over the past couple of days, people have been relentlessly riding newly elected Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because, well, let's face it, it's easy. Uh, she she gaffs a lot. This was her latest gaff. Is that should we, and if we work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather all three chambers of government, the presidency, the Senate, and the House in 2020, we can't start working in 2020. Now, uh, I mean, mind you, I poke fun at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, too. I try not to do it relentlessly. I try not to do it a lot. I, I do, though, because, I mean, there's there's a generalized, like, she doesn't know. She's young. She's that progressive type. And... I mean, honestly, I think she's where she's at because of the same... I'll be honest in this. People love buzzwords. People love certain rhetoric from their politicians. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez fits that bill of, you know, 
free health care, $15 minimum wage, blah, 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 blah. The government will take care of you. And people find comfort in that message because they think that the government can actually do that for them and that it won't actually devastate the entire economy. That's what that's what people do. So they vote for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she's a little darling. They, I mean, she, she's a little charming. They appeal to her. They love her. She, you know, she gets out. She's an activist. Whether or not you like her message or not, she gets out there and she connects with the people that she needs to connect with. She knows how to play the game. Mind you, she might come out with things like that and talk about chambers of government, which our government doesn't have chambers. Okay, I get it. It was funny because I posted that and I said, she wants all the chambers. She wants the chamber of secrets. She wants the chamber of destiny. She wants the chamber of light. Like, and I, I, for, I like the chamber of light, I think is from destiny. The chamber of, uh, 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 of secrets is from Harry Potter and the other chamber that I mentioned, whatever it was, uh, Oh, it was the Chamber of Destiny. That's from Indiana Jones. The Chamber of Secrets from Harry Potter. I said she wants the Chambers of Parliament because the Parliament does have chambers, in fact. And uh, the Chamber of Starlight is from Destiny. So, but like you know, that's what I said. I posted that tweet. You know, ha 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 ha. She doesn't know that there is three branches of government. She thinks that it's three chambers of government, and she got it wrong in anyway because she just said the presidency, uh, the House, and the Senate, which. You know, it's the executive, legislative, and judicial branches of the government. But that that's beside the point. She failed Civics 101, whatever. She got elected. She's a representative, all right? And relentlessly mocking her, relentlessly mocking her and calling her stupid is exactly what the left does to Donald Trump. And what did it do? It emboldened his base Made him stronger. He's here to stay. If we keep doing this with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I'm telling you, her base will re-solidify. It'll get stronger. She's like a lefty version of Donald Trump, only she doesn't say the stupid, insulting, and sometimes questionable stuff that the president does. So I'm telling you people... Uh, yes, it's fun. We can poke a little fun at her. It's fine. She's learning. She's growing. And if we keep doing it relentlessly, she could turn into a force to be reckoned with. I'm just saying. So we might want to pick our battles carefully. If you know what I mean. Might want to legitimately criticize her and her ideas and her philosophy. And we can legitimately criticize the fact that, I mean, like, chambers of government? Really? The the presidency, the House, and the Senate? The, those are the chambers of our government? No. 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 Come on. That's a high school student right now we could probably find and knows that. But speaking of rhetorics... We've had some some crazy things happen with with Georgia and Florida recounting, you know, elections and all that. Right now, like it's it's over Georgia, you know, Brian Kemp, who is now um, the governor, governor elect, however you want to say it. And uh, it was this long drawn out, you know, process. 
things are going on. But then you have, like, uh, Stacey Abrams, who was the opponent, going on news. Like, first she said she wasn't going to concede, and she was going to fight, and then she's going on the news giving interviews like this. Was the election in Georgia statewide a free and fair election? It was not a free and fair election. We had thousands of Georgians who were purged from the rolls wrongly, including a 92-year-old woman who had voted in the same area since 1968, a civil rights leader. It was not fair to the, the thousands who were forced to wait in long lines because they were in polling places that were under-resourced. Or worse, they had no polling places to go to because more than 300 had been closed. It was not fair to the thousands that were put on hold with their registrations. And it was not fair to those who filled out absentee ballots. And depending on the county you sent it to, it either was counted or not counted, assuming you received it in time. Brian Kemp oversaw for eight years the systematic and systemic dismantling of our democracy, and that means there could not be free and fair elections in Georgia this year. Now, mind you, she has since called uh, Brian Kemp Georgia's, quote, legal governor, but hasn't said that it's legit, hasn't said it's legitimacy. And, of course, we keep getting this, uh, this is a constant threat to our democracy. This is a constant threat to our democracy. This is not a free and fair election. This is not. And I'm starting to wonder if there is actual meaning behind the words or if the words are just getting tossed around because that's the hot thing to do. Which is, again, something that we could probably attribute to our awesome commander-in-chief who had said that if Hillary Clinton won that he would question the results of the election and the integrity of the election, you know, and that he would rile his base up. You know, Bernie Sanders did the same thing with Hillary Clinton, except he backed down and folded like a lawn chair uh, at the convention because he didn't stand up and fight on the floor of the convention like he said he would, he stood up and said, yeah, I vote for uh, Hillary Clinton and folded like a lawn chair and crushed the hopes and dreams of his many, many followers, which to me was, you know, I was kind of like, why did you guys think the Democratic Party really even cared about you guys? Because they don't, you know, I don't, I don't agree with you guys philosophically, politically, like, I don't necessarily agree with the way that you want to get things done, but why you guys would try to hijack the Democratic Party and force them to fit your bill, I, I don't know. I never understood that. It's like libertarians trying to hijack the Republican Party to make it fit their bill. It just it doesn't work. You can have a couple people like Justin Amash or Rand Paul. Uh, you know, you're like you're principled on the fringe guys that aren't just the party line towers, but you can't just flock the libertarians to the Republican Party and take it over and make it better. Nor can the progressives hijack the Democratic Party and just make it better. Although they probably have a better shot than the libertarians do taking over the Republican Party because Republicans are stingy and stupid. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, I like more representative-elect uh Crenshaw's response to, you know, the democracy is being undermined. Like, he had this to say. 
on a, on a panel with a news roundtable. I mean, precisely that, that I think some of our democratic freedoms and the principles that we live by um, have been under attack for the better part of the last two years. Congressman, do you want to respond to that since the president has, is the leader of your party? Yeah. Well, I, I always ask the question, like, like what? You know, like, what is he undermining exactly? Like, you know, what, what democratic freedoms have been undermined? We just had an election where we switched, switched power in the House. Democracy is at work. People are voting in, in, in record numbers. Um, I, I always ask for examples, and then we can hit those examples one by one. And if it's and if it's worth criticizing, it's worth criticizing. But just kind of this broad brush criticism that the president is somehow undermining our democracy. I always wonder like, what exactly we're talking I'll about. Be happy, I'll be happy to add all of the I'm things ha- that he's I'm happy to give an example. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. the undermining of the freedom the free of press, judiciary, CIA, FBI, the voting process. By way of example, so Obama indicted, it was, sure. had many press members under investigation. Trump is not. So what is the difference here? Just this last week, one of the largest media publications in the United States right, had to go to a federal court in order to essentially uh, regain access no, to the press reporter. room. that was for one reporter. One reporter. Not the whole, not the whole organization. organization. Including CBS did file amicus That's briefs right. in support. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think we obviously would be, it's part of much larger Because he was disruptive. But, well, again. <laughs> I, I, I would argue that our president disagree. is consistently disruptive in those very same press conferences. And I would argue that he how treats that them an, with How is that an disrespect. attack on the press, though? Be- because it's literally an attack. Oh, on the I've literally been attacked, his, so I, 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 his, let's choose his, our words carefully. His language is an attack. Okay, so why can't cases. he speak? Why, why is he not allowed to use his own language and freedom of speech? Because, you, and you talked about this actually, it's important that we lead from example, that we lead from the top. And the way that our uh, president you, is I, currently I agree with leading. you there. I agree with you there. Style is one thing. If you want to criticize style, I'm with you, right? But to say it's an attack on the freedom of the press, that is a very bold statement. Yes, it is a very bold statement. They're talking about Jim Acosta getting removed from being barred from the White House, more or less. And you heard it right there, right there in that little conversation. People were like, oh, just the CNN had to go get access back to the White House. No, CNN did not have to do that. They had to do it if they wanted Jim Acosta back, which is who they wanted, because Jim Acosta, let's face this, what, what Donald Trump did to Jim Acosta and what he alleged against Jim Acosta was wrong. I get that. It was very wrong. It was a bald-faced lie. And that needs to be called out and criticized. Absolutely. Because Jim Acosta, they said Jim Acosta assaulted the woman that tried taking the microphone from him. He did not. But let's not make Jim Acosta the victim here. Because Jim Acosta is an asshole. Jim Acosta is a me, me, spotlight on me, look at me, look what I'm doing, look, I'm under attack, look at me. That's Jim Acosta. How anybody is defending Jim Acosta himself is impossible in my mind, except for the fact that they did blatantly lie about what happened in that press conference and what got Jim Acosta barred. It's stu- It's a petty little power play that Trump has to have with certain people. And he picked on Jim Acosta because he worked for CNN. That's why. That's why Donald Trump did it. And it was a dick move by the president. And just because Jim Acosta is an insufferable prick that doesn't actually have integrity for the news. Like This is my opinion. Jim Acosta does not have integrity and does not care 
about reporting the news and bringing the facts and all that. Jim Acosta is trying to be a superstar. He likes being on the camera. He likes talking. He likes being the central focus. It's not about the story for Jim Acosta. It's about the fact that Jim Acosta is presenting the story. So, but was that an attack on the free press? I'm not so certain that that was an attack on the free press. And I'm not so certain that it's undermining the democracy. These are blanket statements that people blindly agree with and then don't cough up the evidence for. Because that is what has the momentum. It's part of the game. And I absolutely agree with Crenshaw when it comes to Trump's style, when it comes to Trump's couth, when it comes to Trump's respectfulness, when it comes to Trump's character. I hate it all. Hate it all. I absolutely hate it all. Can't stomach it sometimes. Can't stomach it a lot of times, actually. I mean, if we want to be honest about it. But there is something to be said, you know, about that. Because uh, not everything... I'm one of those types that said I would take Trump line by line, item by item. And something, you know, Trump did something very important uh, just a couple days ago on the 14th. This was reported by Reason Magazine, Reason.com. Quote, flanked by a bipartisan group of lawmakers, President Donald Trump on Wednesday endorsed what could be the most significant rewrite of federal prison and sentencing laws in more than a decade. At the White House event, Trump threw his weight behind the First Step Act, a bill that includes major reforms in the federal prison system as well as four relatively modest provisions that would reduce some of the harshest mandatory minimum sentencing laws in the United States Code. Quote, I'm thrilled to announce my support for this bipartisan bill that will make our community safer and give second chances, Trump said. Continuing the quote, We're all better off when former inmates can reenter society as law-abiding, productive citizens, end quote. The House passed the First Step Act in May by a wide bipartisan margin, the House version of the bill mainly addressed prison reforms and improves reentry programs and job training for federal inmates. Among other things, it would also ban the shackling of pregnant inmates, increasing the amount of good time inmates can earn towards shortening their sentences, and expand the Bureau of Prisons' compassionate release program for, terminal, for terminally ill inmates. On Monday, the draft text of the long-awaited Senate version of the First Step Act leaked. The Senate version will include several provisions, which were originally part of the bipartisan sentencing reform bill hammered out between Senate Judiciary Committee Senator Chuck Grassley and Senator Dick Durbin. Those provisions would eliminate mandatory life sentences for drug offenses under a federal three-strikes law, reducing the stacking of firearm penalties for certain crimes, like the kind that led to a 55-year sentence for a Weldon, for Weldon Angelos. Uh, expand the so-called safety valve to give judges more discretion in sentencing and retroactively apply the Fair Sentencing Act of 2010's penalty reductions to crack cocaine offenders sentenced before the law was passed. This is one of those things that is important and probably, for the most part, got glossed over because you can't say something positive about President Donald Trump or something that President Donald Trump did. 
or lent his endorsement to. But things like that that will go ignored and not talked about because Stacey Abrams didn't win the governorship and that must have been undermining of democracy because Brian Kemp couldn't have possibly won despite the fact that he did. Now maybe did she bring up some legitimate points? I don't know. I haven't been able to dive in and research every little point that she brought up. But this is becoming American politics of if somebody loses an election, rather than graciously conceding and stepping aside and doing what you're supposed to do, you take the spotlight and you talk about how democracy is under threat because of all this stuff piling up. Maybe it's legitimate, maybe it's not. I don't know. But guys, Thursday's Thanksgiving. Pedaling away from the news now. Bringing it back. Seriously, sit down and think about things that you're thankful for. Blessings in your life. Things that you can truly sit down and, and, and say, you know, thank you God, thank you universe, thank you fate, thank you life, or just be thankful. Start listing out your blessings. Meet up with friends, family, whomever you can. Sit down and enjoy each other's company. But for the love of God, just for the love of God, just, just, just for this one day this week, for the love of God, stop being a negative Nancy. Stop looking at all the negative aspects and all the things that could go wrong. Look at the things that you're truly blessed to have, the things that you're truly thankful for, and express it. For the love of God. Now, for the rest of this week, I am I worked in overtime yesterday. I'm working in overtime tomorrow. I'm not working one on Thursday. And uh, then we're, we'll be in the Black Friday and, and the true Christmas season rolling in. Uh, Thursday morning, I, I fully intend to turn on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade as per tradition every year. Have it on while uh, we're, we're baking uh, pumpkin pies and stuff for, for mom's Thanksgiving dinner which we're going to have early because I have to go to work because life in prison does not stop uh, for holidays or anything like that. But I'm, I'm looking forward because I've already started pulling out the Christmas decorations. Uh, I believe Black Friday we're going to go get our Christmas tree because uh, we always go get a real Christmas tree, not a fake tree, not, not any of this fake crap. We go out and we get a real live Christmas tree. I got lights ready to put on the outside of the house, decorate it out, deck the halls, if you will. It's festive time. I really like it. I like going into this because I start thinking about things I'm thankful for. I start enjoying the holiday season, the company of family and friends. The I just generally become a jolly person when I'm seventy years old. When I'm seventy years old, I'll have a big old Santa beard at this time, and I'll probably, you know, I'll probably just be Santa Claus when I'm seventy years old. And have a wizard beard that's gray and white and all that jazz. You know, that's probably what I'll do. But I'm, I'm getting excited for it. So I hope that in the coming weeks I can be happy and jolly and be producing happy, jolly podcast episodes and whatnot. But we'll start getting into the season. Uh, the episodes, we might break them up a little bit so that we can have uh, 
politics slash, you know, something not politics. I don't know. We'll, We'll toy around with the ideas with it. We'll see what comes of it. But I'm looking forward to building and, and, and transitioning. Looking over this past year and getting ready and gearing up for the next year. I can't believe that we're already saying that, though. It's a little nuts. So, guys, I love you. Follow me on Twitter at FritzQS. On Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast. Minds.com slash TheFritzCast. We're on YouTube. Search FritzCast. You'll find it. And FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. I love you all. I hope you have a wonderful... Thanksgiving weekend. If you're going Black Friday shopping, please don't be one of those people that fucking mob a store and 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 kill somebody for a TV. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be a dick. All right. Enjoy your week and I'll see you next week.